You are listening to the Niches and Leashes podcast. Hello, everyone, to Niches and Leashes with your favorite dominant slash host. And um, you know what? I'm just going to throw it out there. Favorite Asian. Uh, wait, <laughs> second favorite because Maddie's with me. Maddie is my producer. Say hello. How's it going, everybody? Welcome and to the show. Welcome to the show. And on our show, we have the wonderfully eclectic and good friend, Ara. Hello. My name is Ara. <laughs> Thank you. Ara, would you kindly tell our uh, guests and listeners out there, guests, uh, what you do and basically how you do it? Like, I would love them to get an, a feel for um, your work, your personality, and just like your experience. Uh, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm a transgender, non-binary DJ and producer that travels the United States living out of the back of a van. Um, <laughs> is kind of the, the short and sweet version. Um, outside of that, I also do a lot of like professional dialogue editing for like uh, smart TV podcasts, uh, commercials, that kind of thing. Um and yeah, um, I'm also deeply involved in the VR community as well, which I managed to do out of the back of a van. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm completely solar powered, off grid, uh, like 100%. So yeah, yeah, very eco conscious. Okay, that is fucking cool. Like, that's so fucking cool. I love that. Um, like, you had me with the living out of the van and like being a being part of the, the music community and like, uh, as you said, uh, dialogue editing and stuff and then like throwing mm -hmm. in just completely solo part. That's, that's fucking cool. Yep. I love that. Um, and for, before you like move on even more, I would like to let all of our viewers know that, uh, when we do these lives that if you catch me on Instagram or TikTok where I do this, you're going to catch the first half. If you have any questions for our guests, I will read them as I get them. So send them over. Like I'm happy to ask them as soon as we get them. All right, so the first thing I would love to talk about is the van life. <laughs> um, as someone who, you know, pretty much doom scrolls Instagram all the time, I see people doing the van life and, you know, mm -hmm. fixing their vans and their cars to, like, uh, do it. Like, how, number one, what attracted you in the first place? Mm -hmm. Like, what made you believe, like, this is it, this is what I'm going to do, mm -hmm. and I'm going to do it right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... I first became aware of van life in 2019, um, actually after a trip to Japan. Um, and during that trip, I partied a little bit too hard and ended up with pneumonia. <laughs> oh, shit. So I was on my butt for like a full month after my trip uh, to recover. And um, I discovered like van life YouTube videos and like I had the travel bug at that point. So I, I really wanted to keep traveling and it kind of like forced me to reassess my entire life really and just be like because like I was working a crappy retail job mm -hmm. you know um so it was like what can I do to enable myself to like live the way that I want um and like van life stood out to me because it's like very DIY like uh growing up you know I had a background in carpentry um like my my father had a or has a um, wood shop so I was able to like build out the van from there and like so six months after um, recovering from pneumonia I, I was I bought a van 
Wait, did you say six months? Yeah. So uh, it takes that long. So oh, I just had to save my money. What? Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, that's crazy ammonia. <laughs> what kind of a uh, what kind of van do you have? It's a Ram Promaster, like twenty five hundred. It's a middle sized one. Yeah. Okay. And then you ended up building everything on it yourself, or was yep. it pre built or kind of fabricated? No. So I bought um, a used like rental van that like people would use for just like construction stuff. Um, it was in pretty good condition and then, but the back was completely empty. Um, so my first build out was like $300 of wood and no electricity. And then I lived in that until like, uh, October of, or I guess no August. Yeah. August of 2019. And then I kind of made it a little bit more livable and insulated, but I still didn't have electricity until uh, April of 2020, like right before COVID. So did you sublet any part of the van out? Like if you don't know how to do electrical, you sublet it to somebody or you had to learn all the skills uh-huh. and built the entire thing by yourself. Yeah. That yeah. is super cool. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. The, the electrical took, um, I think I went through 18 different like diagrams. Um, and it, I, I just kind of, it was the only thing I thought about for like four months straight. That's <laughs> freaking cool. Um, so it, I'm, I'm ignorant of, of the van life, obviously. Um, when you say you, you spent 300, uh, like 300 bucks on, on wood, like mm-hmm. for what? Like repairs or just like uh, filling it out in, in the way to make it live, livable? Like I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. So the first build... Um, was just $300 in wood. And so we made a like bed frame um, that the bed could sleep on. And then I had like an area for my kitchen. Um, and then like I put plywood on the floor and then a carpet over that. And like that was the whole build. That's what I started with for several months. <laughs> and this was like in the middle of summer in Utah. So oh, shit. <laughs> Man, that's so fucking cool. Like, so it was basically... Um, Obviously, work in progress. Like mm-hmm. as you go along, you make money and then mm-hmm. you get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, so, would you say that your your van now is complete, where you don't need much of anything? Um, yeah, it, it's pretty much there. Uh, like, there's obviously maintenance that needs to happen over time, of course. Um, but it's very livable. Like, I've got a refrigerator. I've got a four burner cooktop. I've got internet. Uh, three Wi-Fi routers. Actually, like four now. Wait, why four? <laughs> if I may ask. Um, yeah. So my internet's a little interesting. It comes in on like a um, like antenna array on the roof, and then that goes into a cellular modem, which also has a built-in Wi-Fi router, and then that goes to another Wi-Fi router. Which then goes to a network switch, which then which then goes to all of my computers. Um, so the the second Wi-Fi router is like I just use it for my VR headset. Um, so it just wirelessly streams all of the video over Wi-Fi. Cool. Um, and then there's an old modem that I just have like lying around um, as like a backup. And then yeah, that also <laughs> has a router. So there's just backups and backups. And, I mean, I guess you have to be uh, considering being on the road. Yeah. Um, one of the comments we just got was from Criddle Cakes. So jealous of anyone who is, quote, off grid. <laughs> I always wondered what the backup plan is if the van breaks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm assuming van breaks, you know, obviously spare tires. Like, And you said there's like maintenance with that. Yeah. Um, 
like obviously uh, i guess yeah how does that work because mm-hmm. you you built the van you customize the van um mm-hmm. when you need maintenance do you, you just take it like hey fix it and you let them or do you stay with them you're like hey this is what i did this is what needs fixing like how, how does that work for maintenance yeah so for like basic maintenance like i know how to do like brakes and oil um so i can handle that myself um there was an incident in Houston actually where like I guess like over the winter because like I was in one spot for COVID like I wasn't traveling around until like May of 2021 and so that winter a lot of like water like got into the engine compartment Oh damn! and so just like freeze thaw freeze thaw I guess it caused like the bracket that holds the radiator on to like crack a bit so as I was like driving around a few months, um, when I got to Houston, like this thing just broke and was just like oscillating really badly. Um, so I took it to a shop and they were freaking heroes. Like they overnighted the part from Austin. They got it done in like two days. Um, and like luckily I just know enough people around the u.s like i'm constantly visiting people so i had someone to stay with yeah so basically you're your own facebook network that's kind of cool <laughs> yeah like just be able to travel and just like know people there that's yeah dope. i love that Ooh, uh someone lair compliments your soft nice rich voice oh thank you um <laughs> uh, so uh, you said you've been doing it for it seemed like to me like a couple of years now because mm-hmm. it was before COVID and then COVID kind of like... Yep. Wow, that was like two years of COVID, wasn't it? It's it back. was touch and go for a little while <laughs> in 2021. There's like a new one out. Mm-hmm. So you got to be careful again, I guess. Uh, so living the van life, yeah. um, what state were you originally from? Um, so I'm originally from Utah, um, but most of the build like happened in Wyoming because that's where my dad's house is. So do you uh, have a home base because you have to have like a for like driver's license <laughs> right? or something to come I, to, right? That was my next question. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, because I'm very curious about that. Um, you know, with the driver's license, there's a home address mm-hmm. or a P.O. box or something. Like, mm-hmm. I imagine you get a lot of mail. Yeah. Um, um, I actually don't get too much mail. Um, it, it's it's not too bad. Um, but I've, I've, I've had a couple different things over the years. So I've like used my parents' addresses. Um for a little bit, I had a job in Indiana and I used um, a UPS store box um, for like six months. And then I've also tried these like remote address services. So I had like addresses in uh, Texas and Florida. And like that's where like my mail got sent to. Uh, right now, I'm just using my mom's house. It's just the easiest. Wait, that's so there's services for people who like live off the grid, I guess. Uh huh. Yeah. I didn't even know that was a, there's a market for everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yay, capitalism. Woo. Um, anyways, so uh, for your trip, like where, how do you choose where to go next for mm-hmm. the van life? Mm-hmm. Or is it just like, you know what, I just want to go there, do my thing, and then I want to go like, is there, is there a method to the madness, like a plan, a map? Mm-hmm. Or is it just wherever you feel like? Um, so it, it's kind of a mix. Like in 2021, it was like definitely pretty well planned out. Like I had, um, a family thing up in Vermont 
um, kind of in the summer. And then I knew I wanted to visit someone in Florida and then make it out to California for a music festival like at, at the end of the year. So that kind of gave me like goalposts. Um, and then just like meeting a bunch of people through, through VR, like I figured out where everyone was located and then just like connected the dots that way. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. It's like you're making your own like star map of like people. <laughs> I, I love that. Ooh, we have, we actually have some more questions. Um, same person who was complimenting your voice. <laughs> As a European, I got so many questions about the legal part. Mm. Driver's license, living and parking permits, legalities, uh, van insurance. Those are really damn good questions. Yeah. Because I imagine you can't just you can't just park anywhere you want. I mean, we don't condone anything illegal on this channel. <laughs> just saying that right now. Well, um, I guess the first question to ask about that is, are you like a sleeper van? Or the what is it called? Stealth van. Stealth van. I, not really. So everybody knows. It, yeah, kind of that's it's pretty family. obvious what I'm doing. Okay. Yeah. Because there's a giant dish on it, right? Oh, there's yeah, an right. antenna, right? There's a fan. Right. There's solar panels. <laughs> I mean, you could just you could just be like, I'm a Google van. Sure. <laughs> so you don't have the disguise of a stealth van. Mm -hmm. Then everybody knows. So you gotta kind of be careful where you park your van. Or have you ever got harassed by anybody? No, I like. I'll have like run-ins with cops like maybe once a year um, if I stay in like one spot for like one day too long. Um, in Utah specifically, uh, Salt Lake City has an ordinance where you can like anywhere that's like unmarked, you can pretty much sleep for two days and then just move and that's fine. Um, like a, a, a lot of places are pretty accommodating and as long as you're not like peeing in the parking lot like <laughs> nobody really cares yeah that's gross <laughs> what are your uh what was the other question we have more questions so one of the things uh wow that the is a long name thundercats shoo oh, wait ho i said that's totally wrong my god <laughs> and i watched that cartoon um they pretty much us uh they have travel they're assuming mm -hmm. that you have travel passes that come with hookups and a lot of cool national park passes which I gotta say, like uh, we actually have park passes too um, to serve in the national park. So when if we want to, we could just do that. Is that something that uh, you do as well? Yeah, yeah. I had I need to renew actually, but yeah, I had the the national park pass and definitely Is it the America the Beautiful pass. Mm -hmm. That one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, please describe that. Uh, for I forgot how much it cost, but basically it gives you access to all the national parks mm -hmm. for a year. Uh, you could get them usually like REI mm -hmm. or something like or uh Big Five, I think. Yeah. I, I got mine on the way into Yellowstone. <laughs> and if you're a hot-blooded American patriot, you will do that, okay? Um, ooh, even more questions. Oh, boy. Yay, Ocean 3. Hello, sir. My question is, does your travel goals include all of the Americas or just the U.S.? Um, yeah, so I've I've traveled a bunch like outside of America. So I've been to Bermuda, Curacao, and Japan. Um, but I hadn't really like explored too much of the U.S. like outside of like you know, where my grandparents were. Um, so I really um, mostly just wanted to stay in the U.S., but, like, I've also made it up to Canada. Um, like, I spent a few weeks in Montreal. I want to explore, like, Vancouver. Um, I've yet to go to the Pacific Northwest at all. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah, so that's still on the list. Um, it's, like, the Pacific Northwest and, like, Arizona I've avoided. Um, I want to try and make it down to Mexico, but, like... 
we'll see. Mm. Yeah. Do, do you like outfit your van depending on where you're going to? So if you're going to like somewhere like Canada, it's going to be a little colder. Do you like do anything special to your van? Or if you're going down to Mexico, do you do anything special to? Um, not really. It's just, I kind of just have what I have. And like being from Utah, like um, my clothes are already kind of all weather because it's a four season state. Um, so I, yeah, I, I don't know. I've been everything from like 115 degrees in Texas to negative 20 in Park City. <laughs> and you don't, you don't change anything about your van no, for it? No, Ugh, negative 20 <laughs> sounds horrible. Honestly, anything below 70 just sounds horrible. <laughs> um, so I haven't been in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, I imagine like with, with Arizona, like, is there a reason to that you haven't been able or didn't want to like uh, go there? Or is it just like, you know what, just not on the list yet? Um, it just hasn't been on the list yet. Like when I was traveling around, um, uh, Red Rocks was on the list with a couple friends and then California was right after that. So it kind of just bypassed Arizona. It was also summer and summer in Arizona kind of sucks. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Like what was it in, wasn't it like 120 degrees this summer? Like, yeah. It was insane. Yeah. I don't want that. Oh God. No. <laughs> like, and it's dry. A little like, winter maybe. Winter. Oh man, I I visited uh, with my my paramour and our family. We went to the Grand Canyon, I believe, during their winter. And I don't normally experience snow, mm-hmm. so to just wake up one day and just a blanket <laughs> of snow was insane to me. Like it's so cool, and uh, you know, just seeing the, the Grand Canyon itself. Yeah. Like, um, pictures don't do it justice. No. I imagine like when you visited uh, the national parks, like. Again, like pictures don't do it justice when you're mm-hmm. there, like you're taking the sights, the smells, unfortunately, some of the tourists. Um, but just the magnificence of, you know, where you're at. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the stars. You must actually see stars at night. I can see the belt of the Milky Way quite <laughs> often, like not even just stars. <laughs> Dude, like you can't, you don't get that in over here. Uh-uh. God, I love that. That's so fucking cool. Um <laughs> So when it, oh, so I want to, because you mentioned uh, solar panels. Yeah. Was that the most expensive part of just wiring all that in? Um, Like, are you talking about like the electrical system or like the van as a whole? Um, I would say the electrical system. Yeah. Mm, okay. So no, the solar panels are rel- relatively cheap. Like I got um, three very large like house solar panels for like two fifteen a pop. And it was like seven fifty shipped, um, and so like the most expensive part of the electrical system is the batteries. I have like two uh, recycled like Tesla car batteries. Oh wow! And those are like uh, thirteen fifty shipped a piece, so that's like twenty seven hundred dollars. But like, if I were to get like new lithium for the same capacity as like one Tesla car battery, it would be eight thousand dollars. So it's like pretty much the best like power to uh, dollar capacity to dollar that you can have pretty much. Yeah. And and so there's like 10.4 kilowatt hours of storage. Did you modify anything on the engine to, I think there's like certain things where you could like use the engine to charge it as well if you need to. Did you modify (laughs) any of that? Yeah. So, um. I haven't had to modify the engine yet, but I think I might be stressing my alternator too much. Um, and I think I need to get a new alternator. Um, I do uh, have 600 watts of charging like coming off of the engine. Um, 
but I think it got too hot over the past couple of months because uh, the alternator is not reaching the required voltage oh, at the geez. moment. So, <laughs> so the the van is like all electric then? Like there's no gas? No, no, it's a gas powered van. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I, I just was like a little confused. Yeah, I just have like because like there's uh, I think like eight to ten like battery packs in a Tesla, so I have like two of those packs. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, so um, how daunting would you say it was to just take the first step? Because it's usually the first step for a lot of folks where they're like, oh, my God, they're already thinking about the cost and mm-hmm. um, the long-term of, uh, responsibilities and effects of all that stuff. Was that ever a thought or were you just like, I got this shit. Like, I'm happy. <laughs> I'm like, I'm ready for this. Um. I think I was just mostly motivated to like switch up my life and kind of get out of the retail grind as quickly as possible. So just like going headfirst into it um, was the move. Mm. Yeah. So I guess the question is then how do you fund everything (laughs) as you're, as you're, you know, traveling? How do you make the money to pay for the maintenance and everything Mm -hmm. else? Sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, initially um, the money came from the retail job. Like I was putting in like 40 to 60 hours a week. Damn. Um, so you're saving it. Yeah, banking it and just like stacking it. So then I could like do the full build out because like, like that's the biggest hurdle. Like once you have the build out done, then your cost of living, living just plummets. Right. Um, so like right now I, I don't need more than a thousand dollars a month to live, oh my God. which is insane. Right. <laughs> so to, to people who live in California, <laughs> I gotta say like, holy shit, or New York, or for that matter. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, so my, my costs are kind of fixed that way. I mean, it varies, right? Like gas is more expensive in certain yeah. areas and that can, you know, drive the price like a hundred dollars one way or the other. Um, but like as far as funding, um, it's predominantly been through like dialogue editing, um, graphic design, web design, um, just kind of a, a lot of like various different like freelance client work for um, mostly investment bankers. <laughs> oh, they got the money. Yeah. They got the money. They got the money. And they like me for some reason. So I was like, oh, you should so I do want to ask about uh, the retail experience because a lot of people work retail. Yeah. And the customer is not always right. No. So I want everyone to relate. Can we talk about the uh, the shitty, shitty, shitty parts of retail service? <laughs> like the one that drove you like, oh, I can't do this. This is stupid. Like, tell me all about it. I would love to know what annoyed you. And if there's any highlights. <laughs> I think like the biggest part that annoyed me is just because I was there for too long. Like, I was at Best Buy for, like, six years. I oh, was just, like, it, it was super draining. Um, it, it wasn't, like, the worst store. Like, this was, like, the Best Buy in Park City. So it was, like, pretty chill for the most part. Like, we didn't have to deal with, like, sketchy homeless people or anything like that. Um, but, like, just the entitlement of people in that town is insane. Oh. It, it, <laughs> Let's talk about this entitlement. <laughs> it just, like... <laughs> I, I don't know. Like I had friends get yelled at by like Charlie Sheen's wife because they thought that their computer wasn't fixed properly and stuff. Oh it's just 
very petty. Um, so you, you kind of like be like dehumanized in a way, and you just kind of become a number for a corporation, which just feels like and like like my life since I was fourteen has been completely like focused on music. So, um, you know, just like kind of trying to have to pay the bills in a town as expensive as Park City kind of prevented me from living the life that I wanted. And like, since I've left, I've been able to progress in music like much farther and faster than I, I anticipated. So I love that. Yeah. Well, we have one comment from Thundercats. So I had a drink guy throw ranch at me once. <laughs> I imagine like with the, like retail sucks. It's like customer service at all. I'm uh-huh. just dealing with people. They treat you like an NPC in a yep. video game. Yeah. Or like you don't exist or like, you're not important, which is mm-hmm. fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that when it comes to working, uh, other than just the daily grind of it, mm-hmm. it's also like coworkers who suck or a manager who really sucks yeah. that like just makes it worse. Um, if I may ask, like when it comes to that experience, did you experience that with like shitty coworkers or a shitty manager that you try to fix, but then like <laughs> nothing got done? Yeah. So my managers were okay like the general manager wasn't that good of a person he like i don't know would refuse to give people raises um what a dick yeah it's just he also like tried to cheat me out of like my um like vacation pay when i oh, left oh what a dick like, bro <laughs> so i was just like you're not gonna give me my vacation i'm just not gonna come in for my last two weeks like i, I tried yeah like um so and, and then like I don't know the coworkers like the store that I was at was mostly staffed by teenagers because like that's kind of the only demographic that could survive um, in that environment. Um, so just dealing with a bunch of children is always a pain in the ass. And then like my direct managers didn't really know how to do the job, so a lot of stuff <laughs> was like left to me. Why is that always the case? Uh, yeah. it's always like the, the employees they know what they're doing, but the managers right. like, don't. That's so funny. Yeah, so I I embedded myself in like the operations of this uh, particular Best Buy to the point where I was like handling inventory, visual merchandising, and asset protections, so, like all of the back end stuff. Um, and then since I've left. <laughs> I've just seen, like, I've gone in a couple times and it's just gone way downhill. Oh. Like, I talked to people I know that still work there and they're like, yeah, we just haven't hit any of our targets since you ground. I'm like, well, <laughs> that's not my problem. You had the best. You didn't. <laughs> like, you took me for granted. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, that's on my, that's the first line on my OkCupid profile. <laughs> Anyways, no, that's, I, I used to work at Dave and Buster's as a barback. Um, wanted to be a bartender, but they're like, uh, we're full. You got to be a barback. I'm like, whatever. But I had coworkers who, I don't know, was it with being a guy, being a bartender, but mm-hmm. they think they're God's gift to women. <laughs> so, and I'm not that kind of guy. I don't like locker talk. I don't like this weird, I'm an alpha male, like <laughs> shit. Um, so to be around that every single night till like 4 a.m. And then have coworkers who were like, because we all share tips. Yeah. And I had this particular bartender who did not like me at all for some reason. Mm-hmm. And she'd always short me on our tips. Oh, geez. And I started noticing it. And I'm like, why does my stack just look slightly smaller? Yeah. And then when I like 
confronted her with it and actually counted all the damn money. I was like, oh, you did short me. You've been shorting me this entire time. <laughs> but then nothing like happened with it. Right. Um, you're talking about like managers. Um, oh, God. I had <laughs> I had one manager who shall remain nameless or trainer or whatever. The point of this story is that during training, he was always all like, everyone calls me Captain America. <laughs> like, you, So you can call me Captain America, too. I'm a huge comic book fan. I love Captain America. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you don't look like Captain America. You don't sound like Captain America, but I'm not going to call you Captain America, dude. <laughs> but whatever. So I quit the job. A couple months later, I talked to uh, one of my former coworkers who's a waitress. And she's like, it's like, hey, what's up? And she's like, hey, do you remember your manager? And I was like, oh, Captain America? <laughs> she's like, yeah. So he got my number from the computer. Uh-oh started texting me about like hey you should like go out you should uh, move out with me like up north with me and my dad and we'll take care of you uh and she's like no like uh, i don't know you you got my number from the computer like what the hell is wrong with you dude and i just i'm just i'm sorry i'm just trying to relate like managers <laughs> suck like people yeah. just suck in general like oh yeah god People fail upwards. People, there you go. That's that's the purpose of what I'm trying to say. People fail upwards. I don't mm-hmm. get it. <laughs> uh, all right, enough about that. Now we relate because everyone suffers in retail. <laughs> <laughs> so music, I want to get into music. Like be, because you're trying to get into music in the van life. Like I'm assuming your your van is also set up to like just DJ the hell out. Like do you have speaker like loudspeakers in there, or is it just like a headphone thing? <laughs> Um, I do have like some small studio monitors. Um, it's mostly like geared towards music production. Um, although I do have uh, like turntables and a Pioneer mixer. Um, so uh, I guess like the biggest feature is like there's a wall of synthesizers in my van. That um, is so cool. <laughs> yeah, it's um, there's like four rows of your rack modular synths and then like some guitar pedals and uh, a couple more synths just kind of magneted onto the wall um like i hung up a steel plate and then just put magnets on that (laughs) that's so interesting um so your love for for music Mm -hmm. and making music and living um like the van life was it like to me it seems so separate like mm-hmm. in my head because like oh yeah if you're like like maddie or you know any other dj you know you you're in your private room you have your setup like i never imagined like being on the road with all that stuff yeah was it hard to get it set up like that or is that always your dream to like live the van life play the make music um it was like a pretty clear vision from the start like i wanted specifically to be able to like open up my back doors and be able to produce um, so I could be like out in the desert or in the mountains or wherever and just. <laughs> so so I guess the question is uh, space being a premium mm-hmm. on yeah. the van. You have to sacrifice some stuff on the van mm-hmm. to, to make room for all of that. Right. You mm-hmm. have your computer, your synthesizers and everything. So I guess everybody's van is built a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have a bathroom? Do you have <laughs> like a kitchen or do you have to sacrifice all of that to make room for what you want to do yeah so the priorities in my van are first music um so i i needed to make sure that i had room for 
you know, two turntables and a mixer, which is a lot of equipment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, plus synthesizers. So like easily like 30 to 40% of my debt of the van is like dedicated to like my desk and music. Um, I've got a full like desktop PC. It's a mini ITX, so it's kind of small. Um, and then a laptop on top of that. Uh, the second priority was cooking. So I have a sink, uh, I need to fix the tap right now, but I have a sink with counter space. I have a chest reader that I have converted to like a fridge. And then I've got like a four burner stove. Um, that's gas. Um, so like where I really had to compromise is like one, I don't have a bathroom and two, my bed is like, uh, probably 40% the size of a twin. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> It's so, so, yeah. it's so small. It's very tiny. So I have to like, um, like I sleep mostly on like the memory foam side and then like my feet get kicked up on top of my desk with like a pillow underneath. <laughs> Man, I, I'm just trying to imagine all this stuff fitting in the van. Uh-huh. But I imagine also that sometimes you're like, you know what? I need a bed. So you just like go to like a motel or hotel. No, or something. no, never, never. Yeah. I like if, if, if I, this is like staying with you guys is the first time I've, uh, Slept in like a fixed structure in six months. Oh, shit. Wow. <laughs> okay, okay, now I'm really curious. How does it feel like, not, not to like uh, put one thing down and bring one thing up, but like, does it feel better? Like, you know, after all that time, you're like, oh God, finally I can stretch my feet or, you know. It's a novelty. Novelty. <laughs> like, I like it, but like, I'm eager to get back in my space yeah. and like get back to working on stuff. Um, yeah, I, it's fun. It's like it's nice to not be woken up by like weird noises outside. And like, dude, I imagine like you've seen like some really like crazy crap. Oh yeah. Like, um, oh yeah. Just being on the road. Ooh, okay, man. I should write that down. That's another question for another time. <laughs> um, so with the van life, forty percent. That's that's insane. Um, so never being the first time. So when you are. Like camping out, like in the national parks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, do you have a hammock where you could just enjoy? Like, I do. Yo, oh, yeah. that's so cool. I imagine. Um, I imagine that when you're parking and that there's other people who are traveling, I assume they see your setup and they're like, "Whoa!" and they just come up to you and start asking questions. Sure. Yeah. Quite frequently. Cool. <laughs> I imagine you're inspiring like a lot of people. That's what I hear. Oh yeah, that's, so, ah, that's awesome. I, I don't know. That. I don't know how I feel about that, but it's, that's the feedback that I get for a myriad of different reasons. That's so cool. Um, has there any been um, like any? I guess you'd say weird interactions with folks who just come up. Like, did they just start touching your stuff? Because that's usually what people do. Like, mm. they're like, "Ooh, what's this? What's that?" Not really. Honestly, oh, God, they're like, respectful. Good. I haven't had too many weirdos that way. Um, yeah. Or people like knocking on your door when you're like sleeping. Only cops. Oh, so what do you do? Oh <laughs> yeah, my god! So, what yeah, do you yeah. Do? what do you what do you tell them? Um, it's it, it it always goes the same way. They're just like you can't park here. You got to move, or I'm gonna write you a ticket. It's like okay, like we'll move on. <laughs> well, at least they're nice about that. That's yeah, good. so it's it varies. Like sometimes it's like just like a wellness check or whatever. Like they don't, you know, they want to make sure I'm not like dead <laughs> um 
but then sometimes I, I've just been in one spot for too long and it's just time to move on. Uh, but yeah, I've never gotten a ticket. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I don't know how you do it. Like in LA, if you are five minutes over like a coin operated uh-huh. parking spot, they you'll get a ticket like pretty yeah. fast. Like it's stupid. Yeah. LA is actually not the worst city to live in a van. Which one is? Oh, yeah, yeah. New York. Easily. Oh, yeah. Easily. Oh, man. I'm from New York. And yeah, I totally understand that. Is it just because it's so packed? Like, there's nowhere to really go? Yeah. Like, the, there's like some spots in Brooklyn. It's like there's some really good spots, but they're so coveted that if you're not showing up at like 11 a.m. on like a Tuesday, like you're just not going to find a spot. And then once you have a spot, you just don't move. (laughs) (laughs) So. So what is your favorite spot since you traveled all around? What is your favorite city? What is your favorite town? Oh, gosh. Like. I think Montreal, probably. Yeah. was was fun um like i had this one spot it was it was actually kind of a crappy spot um it was pretty shaded so i didn't have like a, a lot of electricity but like there were like these train tracks and on the other side of the train tracks was the skate park and there would just be like renegade raves there <laughs> that's cool oh, shit. yeah so it's like okay we're, it's just hard techno tonight we're just gonna go <laughs> off the tracks and like go to techno and then just I don't know exploring that city and like, you know, walking around at four a.m. like looking for a poutine is just a vibe. <laughs> it's, it's a very safe city. So I love that. Yeah. Um, what else made it like uh, like a vibe for you? Like, imagine like the, obviously like you've seen a lot of cultures, mm-hmm. different cultures from state to state. Yeah. Um, same thing in Montreal. Um, how would you say the vibe is there for the van life for people who do want to travel and just stay off the grid? I think in the U.S. it's like pretty normalized at this point. Um, like most people, uh, most like average people, like know what you're doing and like understand, and and you're not really seen as like a homeless person. Hmm. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, outside of the U.S., it's like I actually had some trouble at the Canadian border because they thought I just wasn't going to come back. um so that was a bit of a consideration um that's the only time i've been outside of the u.s in the van yeah um but yeah like throughout every state it's been it's been pretty easy Um, oh dude that's good yeah i like that have you ever been to uh any of the gatherings or the the van van meetups like the adventure (laughs) was it adventure van expo or anything like that I, I haven't actually like I've met up with like a few van people like one on one, but I'm pretty far removed from the actual like van community, okay. as it were. Yeah, you're your own rebel. I am. Um, yeah, I live in the cracks. <laughs> you know how they go there to show off their you know their rigs. And oh, stuff that's like what that. they're there yeah. for. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. so, I don't want to. I don't want to make anyone look bad. <laughs> <laughs> Because every, cause everybody, you know, they built their van a little bit unique and yeah, stuff. And I think right. this is probably like one of the most unique vans, like the way you're describing it with mm-hmm. like synthesizers and turntables and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, I've been doing a lot of research into building a van myself. Yeah. And uh, I came to the conclusion I am too needy. I need too much stuff <laughs> to fit in a proper van. So it's for me, it'll be more like bus life or something. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> that sounds more expensive. Yeah. It probably is. Yeah, I was um I was already moving like every six to eight months. So like my belongings were pared down oh, already, wow. like pretty significantly. So I was yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess it also like it teaches you to live uh, with your essentials. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff you don't need. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, roommates, we don't need them, but we have to have them in California. <laughs> um <laughs> So uh, with your travels, like I'm very curious just because I'm big on like paranormal stuff. But uh-huh. so this is a random question. Has there ever been like a really strange occurrence while you were out there just traveling? Like really weird stuff. If not totally cool, like, you don't have to make up anything. But if you want to make up stuff, go ahead. No one's going to like ask if it's true or not. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I don't know if there's like... I guess I've seen like UFOs and stuff. Yeah, really? What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're just like weird, like balls like flying through the sky and just like disappearing all of a sudden. Like, wait, where? Where do you wait, normally? Yeah, see where this were stuff? you? Like, this, this was like this was just in Utah, like last year. Yeah. Oh shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw like there's just like three balls like flying in this formation, and then they just all disappeared at the same time. Like that was weird That's cool. shit. I love that. <laughs> you know um, the government's hiding it right oh yeah the there's there's also like i don't know there's this weird town in vermont um is it washington dc because it's really weird Ver- washington <laughs> dc is not <laughs> <a Vermont>. <laughs> <laughs> that's a terrible joke <laughs> everyone um, thinks i'm illiterate but it's true <laughs> so no there's like there's like this lake um like nestled in the mountains but on like either side are all these houses and then there's just like this green glow like i I don't know what it is but it's just this lake just like it just glows green it well not the lake like just there's like a shimmer that comes off of it that's green it's like no it's like in the woods is that there's just like these green lights throughout the night and i don't know like it's not the houses like the houses their lights are normal but like i don't know I don't know what it was. This is strange. Oh, that's so this cool. <laughs> so if you meet Bigfoot, please send me photos. We'll do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I would like to talk more about uh, the music side of things. Sure. Um, you DJ like, so, well, actually, yeah, you're, uh, you're, you're, the van life is your home. I imagine yeah. like, cause when I think van life, I don't think about internet. I, I don't think people are like, Oh, like how do you have access to that and stuff? Mm-hmm. But like, clearly you do. So it must mm-hmm. be really easy to like book gigs and make money and, um, to play music as you do in, in the virtual reality, which yeah. we talked about in our last podcast. <laughs> um, tell me more about that. Like what got you into being a DJ? Like what inspired you? Yeah. So I actually decided that I was going to like devote, um, my life to music when I was like 14. Um, and I ended up being like hospitalized for suicidal depression. Um, so coming out of that, it was like, you know, music was my thing. And so ever since like I structured all of my schooling around that, um, like I studied music theory for like three years, I did percussion, uh, technical theater, um, and then I got like certificates in Ableton, mixing, mastering, sound design, um, and some other stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I've been DJing for like 16 years now. So it's, it's kind of like always been with me. Um, taking that into the van has, it, I mean, COVID 
kind of yeah. <laughs> threw a wrench into everything. Like I was working my way into like the scene in Chicago. Um, and then everything shut down for, you know, 18 months. So, um, I was able to like build up a community in VR and like play shows in there. So like during COVID I was playing for like at most like 250 people, um, in like five different VR nightclubs simultaneously, which like, there's a few groups that do that. I haven't like, this was accidental too. This wasn't planned. (laughs) It was just like I just keep seeing my Twitch numbers go up and up. I'm like, what the hell is happening? Oh, <laughs> I'm a little jealous. Yeah, it's it so cool. It's fun. Well, you can only do that in VR. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have to take a quick commercial break pretty soon. Sure. However, we are going to come back to the music portion because I just love that. Like, I am so ecstatic to meet people who are living their dreams. Yeah, because like the enthusiasm shows. I just love that. <laughs> All right. So we are going to go on our commercial break right now. So for everyone who's listening, we will be right back at this commercial break. For all of our viewers live on this thing, we will see you in a few moments. All right. Our sponsor today is Sake, your local neighborhood kink group that runs its own dungeon, has its own classes and parties and events on a monthly basis. You can find our munches every third Thursday for networking and friendship, as well as our parties every fourth Friday of each month. So if you're looking for a safe space to get weird, look no further and have no fear. But if you can't make it and want to support us elsewhere, we do have our own Etsy this time, which you can find on sakeofficial.etsy.com. And don't forget to use the discount code Niches and Leashes to get your discount on all website products. So huge shout out and big thank you to Sake for keeping the lights on and the cameras rolling for Niches and Leashes. And welcome back to Niches and Leashes with our wonderful guest, Maddie, and talking about the van life, music. Maddie. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. Sorry. Wink, wink, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so just as a reminder for all of our viewers and listeners out there, um, we are sponsored by Sake. They keep the lights on. Please uh, visit our uh, Etsy store, shop, show some support. Or if you're in LA, show up at our parties for support then. Um, we also have some affiliate links to other places. You can see that on our Instagram at Sake period official on instagram okay or if you want to support me get on my patreon and give me all of your money i promise to put it to good use it will not go to any paraphernalia that is um well i can't talk about it all right anyways (laughs) and now back to music manny you have the first question yeah uh so i guess uh can you describe a little bit of your music style what kind of music do you specifically produce or like to play sure yeah, um, I mostly produce like progressive and trance music, kind of like in the style of like Anjuna Beats or Anjuna Deep. Um, but sometimes it's like a little bit more uplifting, like traditional, like trancey stuff too. Um, yeah, a lot of synthesizers, a lot of software, a lot of hardware. For the for the audiences that want to follow you, where do you normally post your music and yeah. SoundCloud or? Um, so I, I have full distribution, so it's anywhere that you listen to music. So Apple music, Spotify, Amazon, SoundCloud, um, and it's RL state. Uh, so a U a R a L underscore S T A T E. And that's also all of my social media as well. It's, it's pretty comprehensive. Cool. Yeah. Wait, so you have like, uh, you said full, um, what do you call it? This music distribution. Is that hard? Like, I feel like it's. (laughs) 
Um, I got pretty lucky and I got in with a company called Symphonic um, when they were kind of just first starting up. Um, so now it's like an invite only service with them, um, but they handle um, distribution to all stores. Um, I can even do like physical distribution if I wanted to. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty comprehensive. Shout out to Symphonic. That's so cool. <laughs> um, so with music, I imagine that, um, man, it's got to be so convenient. Just like you want to go play somewhere, you take your van, mm-hmm. set it up and go. And then um, especially with the virtual reality that you're doing too, like uh, everyone from pretty much you couldn't get like all in one place. Like I imagine that let's say you're playing somewhere you announce it hey come meet me there you guys support and then they just show up like that's cool like how has virtual reality um helped with your outreach and and um just meeting people and getting out there yeah um it's been tremendous for marketing um like i and and just networking as well um like i've met investors like i've grown my fan base um sometimes sell merch uh the patreon's growing so it's it's all like everything is like moving in the right direction um <laughs> it's a little tricky um because until 2022 um like i think we alluded to this earlier i'm transgender so uh i have a new name now previously my name was like my dead name like first name last name as my dj name oh so i had to just take that project and just throw it in the garbage oh (laughs) yeah whoa yeah yeah so i i had built that up to the point where like through vr had an investor that wanted to like finance an album and like pay for my living expenses for like three months and i just couldn't accept the deal um because like my mental health at that time was just not good um so since like I'm still present in the VR space, but like I've definitely had a lot of like uh, af- atrophy in like the fan base, like with the new name. So not as many people know who I am, um, but like my core fans have kind of followed me on the new journey and have been very supportive. So I love that. That's yeah. awesome. Do you, yeah, do you play uh, any like live shows or anything like that? Like what is like the biggest that you played for it <laughs> yeah we're uh we're working on getting back into the live scene um i actually played internationally once when i was like 18 um, wow. i played a couple nightclubs in bermuda um i've also done some like smaller um kind of burning man style festivals out in the utah desert over the years um Wait. and then warehouse parties so i don't mean to interrupt did you just say burning man was a small thing <laughs> no burning man style so oh, like so like the regional the regional burns i'm like holy <laughs> shit how big is it yeah, no, no, anyway, no. sorry my mistake my mistake <laughs> no no <laughs> uh, that's freaking cool um with the fan support of uh your identity and and mm-hmm. growing it like i like how do you how did they first take it, if I may ask? Was it just like, hey, guys, like, this is my new name. This is my new identity. This is my new life. Mm-hmm. Like, was there any confusion where people were just like, Ugh, no, I like the original. <laughs> I imagine that can be a thing. Or is that a thing where people just won't accept it? It's, um, I've been pretty lucky. I, I also have been kind of, like, building it up again from scratch. And I, I haven't, like, I guess formally come out and said, like, you know, I am dead name. Mm. Like this is the new project. Like I haven't, I haven't done that yet. Like a lot of people have like figured it out. 
um, there's not a lot of people that live in a van in VR. <laughs> so it's pretty easy. We're putting two two together. Pretty yeah, easy. yeah. Um, so like some words got around. Um, but like the VR community is super gay. <laughs> I love that. So they've, yeah, it's been no issue um, like that way. Um, you know, every once in a while you run into like a Nazi on the internet. Oh, God. That's yeah. just. There's always some stupid troll. Yep. <laughs> Okay, so I, I have some more questions about like playing gigs and stuff. Because you mentioned earlier that you're using turntables. Yeah. So are you a vinyl DJ? Are you like, mainly... Because <laughs> that is like... You have to carry so much stuff in your crate. Yeah, I've got a small selection of vinyls. Um, I mostly use like the Tractor DVS. Okay. Um, and then I'll actually do that while wearing a VR headset. Holy crap. <laughs> That's cool. Which is fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Oh, wait. So for all of our viewers who are too young to know what a vinyl is, <laughs> could you please describe a vinyl for everybody? Yeah, so it's a 12-inch circle made out of oil that you etch music onto and it gets read by a needle tipped with a diamond. So, so you learned something new on our program. <laughs> all the all the mod, modern DJ gear pretty much descended from the vinyl. Um, yeah. Back in the days, they figured out a way to have two turntables playing vinyls and they mix it through, you know, a mixer and then eventually went digital and now mm -hmm. they're using uh, the CDJs or pretty much what you see at festivals and everything now. Mm -hmm. uh, but they're all descendants from using vinyl yep. at the time. Yep. I remember when you needed a record to do a record scratch. You don't need to do that <laughs> Just press the button. Yep. Um, do you have a preference? Like, uh, I'm because no, Maddie, you have, uh, as you said, the what's it called the CD. CD I got the C I got the vinyls too. I just, it's just, oh. I don't have enough table room to bust them out, but they're mm. under the table. I have the turntables. Do you as have well. a preference? Um, I prefer the CDJs just because of how clean and easy it is just to walk up with a USB, yeah. stick it in, and all your stuff is right there rather than having to carry everything <laughs> or use a laptop. Mm. I don't like plugging in a laptop. So, like, uh, like like uh, DVS, uh, this one out there called SL One from uh, Serato, uh, Serato, Rain. and that's the yeah. one that like you know you see around all the time. But you have to plug it into your laptop, uh -huh. and it reads instead of uh the vinyl being the music etched onto it, it's a control uh disc, and the computer could tell which position it's on by reading the little grooves. Mm -hmm. And then it translates that into the laptop and the laptop reflects it and outputs the music back into the little, the DVS box. Whoa. And that was like the in-between uh, vinyl and going fully digital. And nowadays, most DJs are fully digital. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a reason for that, why that caught on, because it's, it's really convenient. easy, yeah. the convenience and everything. Yeah. But what you lose, what you sacrifice is that tactile mm -hmm. feel of the vinyl. So my understanding too is that when it comes to vinyl, like the sound is crisper. Like that's what I'm told. Like do you guys agree uh, with that? <laughs> <laughs> if you look at it, like it really depends on the needle that you have um, on like whatever cartridge you're using. If you look at like a vinyl record underneath like a spectrogram, um, you're really not going to see a lot of like frequency information above like 16 or 18 kilohertz. So it, it's actually objectively sounds worse. <laughs> like you're missing a lot of content. Um, a lot of people can't hear that high. Yeah. 
uh, especially as you get older. So it doesn't really matter. Um, but in terms of like fidelity, vinyl is not the best. And I'm sure there's going to be like people fighting me. About that. <laughs> oh, this is like a big like fight on the internet. Yeah. Oh, no, wave is better. No, flag is better. No, this is just, oh, man. There's a lot of curmudgeons out there. Yeah. Who are above the age of 55. I mean, there's there's some, you know, DJ purists, like like vinyl purists, like oh, yeah. that, that do believe that. And like, you know, oh, you're not a real DJ if you don't know how to use vinyls and count your own beats in your head and all of that, BPMs and stuff like that and then i'm just like shut up dinosaur <laughs> i think i think djs should know how to beat match i don't yeah. think they should be afraid of using the sync button yeah yeah um, both is fine but that's the point of being like like I, that's what i hate about like older people for the most part the philosophy is that you know, for each generation, you're supposed to make it easier and better for the next generation. Mm-hmm. And then when you do, they complain about it. Right. But no, not only that, when you make it easier, they forget like where it comes from. Right. right? Yeah. And then they lose certain skills. Like right. I think just recently, uh, this is a complete tangent, but recently <laughs> we just discovered how the Romans made concrete and how their concrete actually heals itself. Yeah, it lasts fucking forever. Yeah, uh-huh. and then, like, our roads, like, five years later, they repaved it again. I, like, <sighs> three, dude, like, oh, it's so Things bad Things get there. easier, but we forget how to make the base, the... the, the, yeah. the yeah, because, like, when the Romans made... Oh, God, now we're going on history tangent. Because, <laughs> like, when they, did, when they made their shit, like, no one... Because it was so commonplace, they didn't, like, write it down. Yeah. Like, they didn't have to, look, oh, everyone should know this. And then they died. And yeah. we forgot. Yeah. <laughs> And then History Channel goes like, oh, yeah, aliens did it. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when it's a minority rate. You know what I mean? Oh my God. Pyramids? All aliens, bro. <laughs> I'm going to have someone who's like, it was aliens, you son of a bitch. <laughs> anyway, back to van life. Um, look, music, music, real music. Uh, so the virtual reality, uh, DJ, like, um, how did you get into the? Was that something you heard about? You're like, oh, I need a headset. I, I need to be in that part of that space. Yeah, so I had been, like, aware of virtual reality um, for a little while. Like, ever since, like, 2012, um, I would go to Sundance, and they would have, like, VR lounges there um, where you could have, like, different, like, really artistic uh, VR experiences. But I never really got into it until the pandemic, and I learned that, um, like, people were throwing parties and raves and clubs existed in, in VR. And I was like, oh, shit, okay. Uh, so I got like $200 from my mom for Christmas and like a quest was like $300. So I just pulled the trigger on that. And like January, 2021, um, I was pulled into VR and pretty much just day one was in the club community. Um, I didn't mess around with any of the like meme bullshit, like public world. It was like, no, I'm, I am here for the music. And that was, that was pretty uh, apparent <laughs> from the start, yeah. You didn't spend eight hundred dollars to make an avatar of yourself in a <laughs> costume of sorts. I, I like, I did actually make an avatar of myself before even getting the headset, um, and that's kind of like stuck with me. And it's been, I think, I'm on version ten right now. Oh damn! Yeah, yeah. That's commitment. It's learn a lot. <laughs> so I'm gonna shift gears. Uh, unless you had another question about the music. Uh, I mean, I have one more. Uh, where do you see yourself going with your music? Like, do you want to like one day play at Dream State? Like, how how much how far do you want to go as a musician, as an artist? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. Um, it is my career. Um, 
So right now we're building up the project to a point and there's some exciting conversations that I can't talk about. Oh, <laughs> you can talk about off here. <laughs> um, but I like um, I've managed to attract a manager at this point, And so we're we're working on like getting bookings together for next year nice. and, and starting the tour. Because um, like I, I have um, in my personal crate there's five and a half hours of original wow. music is your manager like you have to stay one place well you know no like, no he loves the he like gets oh, it he so gets cool. it he gets that. the vr thing He's he gets supportive. the van thing he gets the trans thing it's 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 really good i love that it's really good yeah cool sweet uh so i really want to talk about professional dialogue editing yes how did that are, are you a a writer by trade or like a different trade? <laughs> um, no, so it's not actually like editing like written work. It's um, it's audio editing, audio engineering. Oh, yeah. got it. Yeah. So uh, please explain it to me. So like editing the audio of like TV shows and, uh-huh. and things like that is I guess it's um, making sure all the levels are correct or the dialogue is enough. Like, please describe it. Yeah. So uh, most of the work I've done has been for like um, ads for like smart TV stuff or actually mostly podcasts. Mm. Um, so I use Ableton Live and uh, Isotope RX. Um, and it's kind of like audio surgery. So I have like a full like color spectral view. So I'll like if there's like a dog barking in the background or like a saw or something or construction, like I can go in and like remove that. Um, I just manually. love the way Basically you Basically what I do it. after yeah. the episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and then there's like uh, some AI power tools in there as well uh, Ooh, that speed God. things up. Yeah, yeah. No, so um, yeah, I just love the way you describe that, like surgery for audio. Mm-hmm. Like that just painted the the picture really brightly for me. Um, so I guess that comes with like just being a professional musician. Like you know audio, so yeah. like it's easy for like, hey, this is my resume. This is what I do. This is what I know. Um, that's so cool yeah I, I actually that. like the first client I got um, this was when I was still working at Best Buy like he came in and he was recording his first episode and his gear wasn't working and so they like they called me over to the geek squad because um, they couldn't figure it out so I like fixed it in like two minutes <laughs> <laughs> and I just got I, I just got talking to the guy and he's like yeah I'm I'm interviewing the songwriter uh, her name is Robin Cage and I'm like oh shit I did two remixes off of her second album <laughs> like i love robin i've known her for like a decade um so i was like you know if you need an, an editor here's my card and then uh 73 episodes later <laughs> so awesome oh my god yeah so like even though it was a drab job and it sucked like you got something out of it oh yeah like that's that's cool yeah Yeah. were you self-taught or did you actually have to go to school or anything to learn about like sound engineering and um so i was very very fortunate in that um the high school that i went to um in park city like we had a technical theater program and the guy that ran it his name's dave um super professional guy he was the or is the professional is the uh primary uh mixing engineer for mountain town music um so they do events at like the canyons in deer valley like two thousand people uh line arrays but he's also uh he was also the director of the Eccles center um in park city which is like the hub of sundance 
so we would just get all of this um <laughs> like industry standard stuff uh so like dolby would show up and be like okay here's just an atmos setup and we're just going to leave it here because it's cheaper to just install it than it is to like break it down for some dance and, <laughs> and bring it back so it's like um we had yeah we could play around with atmos things we had like 3d projectors um like really really professional quality stuff so like i learned um audio engineering just from watching like mix downs happen like i would volunteer for like the live shows and just like see it from like a live sound perspective um and then after high school i did like a certificate program and and then i got certificates in like mixing and mastering on top of that okay. that's cool. that's always the best to do hands-on first yeah yeah. And like, at least for me, oh, yeah. what I learned, if I do the hands-on first and then I do the theory, like, oh, it clicks. So that's why I did that. Mm -hmm. I did that. I did that, you mm -hmm. know? But if you try to teach me theory first, I have no, you know, frame of reference for anything. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it's the same for like any job. Like they tell you to go to school first and then get the job, which is, I mean, obviously it's true for many things, but like you learn more on the job than you ever do like yeah. in class. Oh yeah. Which... You shouldn't say about heart surgeons, but hopefully <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Um, so I guess there's like a lot of, um, you know, a lot of projects to feed your career and, and until like that, like really goes off and yeah. you just make a living off of that. Um, I'm curious, like, should you travel like overseas? Like do you park your home, like with family and like, Hey, Adios, I gotta go like play in Europe. <laughs> yeah, that's um <laughs> that's a bridge I've yet to cross. Oh man, I can't wait um, for you to cross it and then interview again and like, yeah. get your experience. Yeah, like right now it's I'm I'm kind of in that situation because like I flew out to LA kind of to just also take a break from the van. Um and so it's like I don't know, I've got my friends like moving it around. <laughs> this parking lot so it looks like it's still occupied <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah 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 that's cool um congratulations on the manager by the way like, thank I, you i can't wait to hear more about uh the progress from that yeah um so dialogue editing so i'm assuming with the dialogue editing and things like that do you say no to people where you're just like i have way too much stuff to do like you're on the back burner I have had to sometimes, um, definitely, like, especially if they're, you know, trying to negotiate my rate down. Oh, whoa. I'm just like, yeah. no, uh, sweetie, like, you live in New York, you can afford that. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, yeah, a couple times, like, I have had to just turn people down, um, unfortunately. Yeah. Mm, yeah, imagine, like, you know what you're worth and what, like, yeah. the skills that you develop up to this point. Like, right. Oh, man, that's another thing, too. Like, people don't want to pay. Like, when you do something quickly, like you said, two minutes, mm -hmm. and people go, why am I paying so much for right. what you did in two minutes? It's like, well, it's all of the experience and training that made right. it two minutes that you're paying for. I don't think people realize that. No. Um, That's cool. Would you say, like, when, um, when it comes to the the gigs that you do like is there one that you have a love for more that feels more like art because like for me um with all the kink and mm -hmm. all the other jobs i have i feel for me like the graphic design part like i love mm -hmm. doing that so much like it feels like i'm doing art again mm -hmm. um like literally when i'm not doing art with 
King because I consider um, Kimbaku and King to be art to me. Yeah. Is it the same thing for you? Um, where it's like, oh, this feels like I'm playing music, but in a different kind of way, creative way. I think for me, um, the most like exciting shows are happening in VR. Uh, and it, it kind of sucks. It's like VR is hard to monetize. <laughs> so there's not a lot of money in it. But like the level of creativity that's happening um, is just astounding. So you end up going to certain worlds and playing a DJ set. And like sometimes just a random like VJ will show up and they'll start like making visuals to your music in real time and just like little serendipitous things like that or um there's one time we were in a uh a vr application called neos which is like it's like vr chat but like way way more advanced like you're kind of exposed to like the back end of everything so Hmm. i ended up djing for like six hours and we went from like this blank world and i'm just like floating in space to like they had built up an entire world around me that was audio reactive like and they built it in real time i like that was just like one of the crazy i, th- I think that world still exists it's pretty it's out like there. some matrix fever dream shit you yeah know what i mean well, that's so yeah. dope oh man like i just love how like it, like it, uh, this is the word i can only use but like it feels infectious where like your art creates more art from uh-huh. others like that, that's just it's fucking dope yeah um so when a VJ, well, what does VJ stand for exactly? Video jockey. Video jockey. Oh, wow. So DJ is a yeah. disc jockey. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I didn't want to assume. but like, okay. so, so for those of you that are too young, uh, vinyl is vinyl disc. And then it became disc jockey because you're literally, you know, changing yeah. the discs out. And then everybody just, you know, shortened it to DJ and now people just say DJ and then they mix DJ with producer because right. they think all DJs produce, oh, yeah. but you know, so, <laughs> yeah. No, it's a whole different job. Like, <laughs> if it was the same job, it would have the same name. Right. Yeah. Um, that's so cool. So with uh, the gigs and stuff, like how do you find time? Like I imagine time management has got to be a huge thing, you know, with, driving and then music and and then uh, virtual reality mm-hmm. and um you know your own needs like eating sleeping all that stuff yeah. like, how do you find time for that how do you manage that um i have I, i'm very dependent on trello <laughs> <laughs> it's like i am i'm super adhd so like um like when i'm working some, on something it's like bursts so like i'll focus like really hard on one thing and then like switch to something else and like focus really hard on that um, as far as like day to day stuff goes, it's, it's, it's hard to have a routine. It's, it's very hard. Um, so it, you just kind of have to take things as they come and like prioritize and, uh, stick to kind of like medium to long term timelines and like mm. work backwards. So it's like, okay, you know, this track is coming out in two weeks today i need to send out an email blast and like do graphic design or, or push like a fa- facebook ad or something um and so it's kind of like retroactively prioritizing based on um the long-term goals okay. cool yeah uh manny do you have any more questions about nope okay so i would love to switch and transition 
uh, about questions with your identity and, and um, your experiences, um, if you don't mind. Sure. So uh, you mentioned earlier about um, having depression of sorts. Uh-huh. Um, like I suffer through depression, like too. I would like to talk about it, if you don't mind, just yeah. so, to let everybody know that when it comes to uh, these low moments that we have, like you get through it. Like, yeah. Can you talk about the experience about how you got through yours? Yeah. I mean, depression's kind of been a pretty big specter in my life. Um, I've been hospitalized like a few times actually. Uh, so the first time I was like 14 and I went to like an outpatient unit at the university neuropsychiatric hospital. Um, and so it was, it was like not the best environment, honestly, like a lot of medication, a lot of like other kids with problems. Um, but it did allow me to like slow down and reset. And then like more recently I was actually hospitalized three times in, uh, 2022 like I went to the ER and and had a little grippy sock vacation um because like I like throughout uh the pandemic is like really when I started to question my gender like I guess I like I first started questioning when I was 14 um but like by the end of 2021 I was just so checked out from life and Mm. so so depressed despite like things going really well like like on paper it's like you know i had people wanting to find an album i had a growing fan base but like just the isolation from the pandemic um and then the isolation from traveling and primarily having like parasocial relationships um layered on top of a identity crisis um and then also like one of my clients died oh, on shit. me during this time frame so I, like i lost half my income again you know oh damn yeah um, so it was just so much so much stress so quickly um that it all kind of boiled over um and luckily like i was able to depend on um a couple different friends and, and stay around them um before like landing at home um for the rest of 2022. I, I didn't do anything in 2022. I was a zombie <laughs> as I worked on my mental health. But um, hey, that's important. Yeah. Yeah. Like more recently, like, um, like I do a lot of meditation. I've been like working on my like gut health with like prebiotics and probiotics, uh, acidophilus, namely. Um, and then I have a prescription for ketamine in addition to HRT. So estrogen and, uh, testosterone blockers as well and, and that combination has been more effective than anything uh for my brain yeah freaking cool yeah um so how long would you say it took generally speaking from the point of these unfortunate events snowballing to the point where you got a medication to um you know help with all the stuff like the, the you said hrt and then um ketamine and all that stuff yeah um so throughout 2022, we actually experimented with like a bunch of different uh, medications. So there's like some antipsychotics for a little bit, which were awful. Um, the ketamine was kind of like the first one. And then that was initially paired up with an SSRI. Mm. Um, but the SSRI made my symptoms worse. Mm. So we got off of that really quick. Um, and that's when I was put on uh, Lamotrigine, which is like an antipsychotic, um, which wasn't too bad. Um I think the ketamine was like a lot more uh, effective 
Um, cause like I, I'd ingested like a lot of carbon monoxide, uh, <laughs> over 2021. So I probably had some like residual brain damage, um, from that and like hypoxia, which the ketamine can actually help with. Um, cause not only does it cause neuroplasticity, but it causes neurogenesis. Oh. So it will regrow your neurons. Get the hell out yeah. of here. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's Holy been shit. recently approved by the FDA to help treat uh, was, uh, Treat, resistant. Yeah, treatment resistant depression. Yeah. Um, but they're also like off label treating it for anxiety, PTSD, um, and a bunch of other stuff. Um, so yeah, it, it's been very powerful. Like I, for a while, I was like struggling to like form sentences and like my working memory was just shot. Um, so within like a couple sessions of um, intravenous ketamine treatments, like at a clinic with a doctor and a guide, um, I was able to like kind of claw my way back. So I did um, 15 IV sessions and then I currently have a prescription for a nasal spray mm. um, that I take home. Yeah. That's amazing. So yeah. uh, you're patient with your journey. Yeah, you have to be. Yeah, I think that's what gets me about a lot of people who um, unfortunately suffer um, a lot of time is that they don't have a, they don't have patience for their own healing. Yeah, and it sucks. Um, but that's like one of the first things you got to learn. Yep. So shifting gears a little bit more, <laughs> you said you're questioning your your identity at fourteen. Oh, what spurred that, if I may ask? <laughs> Was it just like you're sitting there and you you just had an epiphany like this isn't. <laughs> This isn't who I'm supposed to be. Um, yeah, so I was actually like sitting outside of like the gymnasium in middle school talking with my friend Amy. And they were like talking about, you know, family stuff and, and how hard it was for them, but how they had it better than their sibling. Um, and their sibling was trans and they ended up being put into like the Mormon equivalent of like pray the gay away wait no wait so yeah. they were mormon and then they oh shit. yeah wow. which the mormon equivalent is really bad you end up like being yeah. human trafficked into mexico effectively is what happens Jesus Christ. yeah it's not good it's really not good um so like that was like the first time i was like you know could i be transgender because like out like you know, I'd seen like Rocky Horror Picture Show, which is not a great oh, it's not <laughs> depiction of trans people. It's an entertaining movie, but yeah. it is of its time. Yes, very much <laughs> so. Um, so like that was kind of like my idea of trans people. So I was just like, ah, uh, no. Um, so we kind of we buried that thought. It was like this is a bad thought. We can't have it, and we're just gonna ignore it, which never goes well. Oh yeah. Um, so that kind of was buried until 2021, honestly. Um, like a few things poked through here and there, um, like nothing too notable. Um, but like in 2021, I was like, um, you know, looking at the VR community and I, I saw someone like posting on a Discord um, that they were DJing VR and I was like, I want to do that. So someone pulls me in. And they like show me all the clubs. They show me the whole scene. Um, they're actually like a crypto developer, which is kind of crazy to see like that side of uh, cryptocurrency. Um, I never invested anything really, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't. Know, I just got donations and stuff. But eventually, um, 
after I started like making suicide attempts in uh, 2021, um, at the start of 2022, I went to like go meet that person and they had like, they had like fallen out for my life uh, for like eight months. Like mm-hmm. I, I just hadn't heard from them. And so they reentered my life and I went to go see them in Florida and they're like, yeah, I'm staying at a condo on the golf course. Like my parents are here. They're 34 by the way. So <laughs> just want to preface that. Um, it wasn't someone who was 60, you guys. Yeah. 60 years worse, 16. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I went to see them and like, I'm hanging out there for a couple of days and I'm like talking with their mom and I see like their last name in the mail. I'm like, wait a minute. Do you know Amy? And she's like, yeah, that's my daughter. I'm like, holy Get shit. Get out. Whoa. I went to middle school with your daughter. Yeah. So the person that pulled me into VR and showed me around that I was like then meeting like while I was like in the middle of this gender crisis was the person that made me start questioning when I was 14 because I hadn't met them back then. <laughs> that is... <laughs> I, I don't want to say coincidence. This sounds like divine providence at that it's, point. Holy crap. Yeah, it, it broke my brain. Like I was I was not well <laughs> at this point in time. I was like bordering on psychosis and I, just, I didn't believe it until like Amy showed up a few days later. I'm like, fuck. All right. This is this is really happening. Yeah. What happened after that? Like, I, you know, like <laughs> having that happen, like blowing your mind. Um how did you take that as a sign? Like, um, I don't know. It was, there, there was a lot of emotions. <laughs> um, it like, I, I guess it was affirming in a way. Um, like they also weren't necessarily like pressuring me to like, you know, be trans or like start HRT. They were actually pretty, uh, cautious about starting because like there's a lot of irreversible side effects uh to hormone therapy um so like it it wasn't like i was being like pink pilled or like pushed into this um or what people think the gay agenda is yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) trying to convert everybody yeah no that that's not at all what happened um so it it made me feel safe um, in a way, which I think I needed at that time. And I've also just been very, 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 very fortunate that I've kind of throughout this whole journey had a very large community mm. of, uh, queer and, and trans people, um, that I can just talk to. Like if I have questions, you know, if someone's like been doing this for like 15 years or something like they have a lot more perspective. Um, so I've been able to like lean back on that quite a bit as time goes on and then also give back to that community. I was just about to say that. So for the audiences, um, the giving back to the community Mm -hmm. and some of our audiences might be wondering where can they go if they're looking for help, if they're looking for, you know, questioning, where should they go? Yeah. I think, um, the best thing you can do on like an in-person local level is like find a local pride center. Um, you know, they'll, they should, if they're good, have like resources for you. Um, like the, the next thing would be, and this is a little scarier, but to like talk to your doctor, if you're like interested in, um, hormone therapy and they might refer you to somebody else, but at least get the ball rolling. Um, 
outside of that, like there's a few Discord communities. Um, so there's something called the Trans Academy in VR Chat, which has like 10,000 members and there's like 5,000 members on their Discord and they have like weekly um, voice training lessons. Oh, that's so uh, cool. But it's primarily like masculine to feminine transition, unfortunately. Um, not very much uh, feminine to masculine. But they also do uh, social meetups multiple times a week. Um, there's like a Sunday coffee thing. I think they do stuff on Wednesday nights. Um, yeah, so that's like it. I will go hang out at like the Utah Pride Center like whenever I need to just like work on something or it's too hot to be in the van or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love that. Like I don't think people realize how much it matters to have um, – Someone of your community that already has that, that experience. Yeah. I think the whole, like a lot of people's idea of getting better is like, you got to lift yourself up by your bootstrap. <laughs> but it's like, if you don't even know how to lift in the first place, how are yeah. you going to do it? Yeah. Um, or if you don't have boots. Or you don't have boots. Right. Like some people don't have boots. Um, <laughs> so like you need to borrow someone else's suit sometimes. Yeah. And then I, I guess like one last thing I'll add is like, if you are in crisis, um, you know, there are like two hotlines you can call. Like the first is Trevor Chat. Um, but I think the age cutoff for that is 25. Um, so that's like with the Trevor Project, they have a, a crisis line. And then um, there is the trans lifeline um, as well. And I don't think there's an age cap on that either. And then there's uh, one more uh, mental health side hotline, 988. Yeah. That's the other one. That one, uh, I hesitate to recommend. Um, <laughs> for me personally, it got taken to the ER in handcuffs. So <laughs> let's put that on the uh, maybe list. Holy yeah, shit, I didn't know that. I uh, the the nine eight eight is good that it exists, but I would try one of the other options first. Jeez, oh, well, I'm I'm glad that you you pulled through and you made it through. Now that you're on. Um, like hormone therapy and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and and you know who you are and what mm-hmm. you want, and you're living it, which mm-hmm. is cool. Mm-hmm. I gotta imagine it's freeing. It's gotta, yeah, you're... it's so liberating. Um, like my mind. I mean, it, it's <laughs> the hormones are a roller coaster, right? <laughs> um, but on the whole, like I'm much more present in my life in a way that I have not been, I think, ever. Um, and. I don't know. I'm just kind of like calm and focused on things. I cry a lot. There's a lot of crying. Oh, man. You know what? <laughs> it's always weird to me when people are proud that they've never cried. Like, okay, you yeah. stunted your growth. Great. Like, yeah. It's so weird. Like, I don't get that. <laughs> I don't know. Does testosterone be like that, though? Like, oh, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's actually weird. I, I don't know if this is. Um, so I, I do powerlifting. Sure. Um, I used to compete. And I remember when I was with my coach. There was a number I had to hit. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to that kind of like heavy lifting sport, it's like, you know, it's surrounded by a bunch of giant men and women and, you know, everyone's filled with testosterone <laughs> and trying to lift something heavy. And I remember I couldn't get this lift for like three weeks and I fucking cried. Mm-hmm. Like I could not stop crying. I was so disappointed in myself. And then, but the thing about the powerlifting community, which I really appreciated with my team was that 
everyone all the guys all the girls are like yeah it's normal like crying is normal like if you're not gonna yeah. hit, like you should cry like yeah. feel it it's okay like it, it's gonna get better yeah I, and also like the only way that you can process feelings is to feel them oh my God. to actually feel them and not repress them um yeah you just can't grow otherwise absolutely like you know you <laughs> there's some joke where it's like uh yeah, I don't talk about my feelings. I just drink and then I die. You know, <laughs> like, that's not a good way. No, it's not good for anybody. Uh, I'm so happy that you're able to like, like accept that, do that, and, and be who you are. Yeah, um, thank you. God, I wish everyone would do that. You know, people need it's, to take lessons from other communities. It's hard. It's scary. It's um, yeah, it's terrifying. <laughs> oh, super terrifying. Like, um. Yeah, I know. I love that. I just love it. It's, like, it's amazing. Um, I guess we can end it on a high note. I yeah. love that. Um, so for everyone out there who wants to follow you and support you on your journey, how can they do that? Where can they find you? Sure. Where can they support you? Yeah, um, I'm on pretty much all social media at um, at Aural State. So A-U-A-R-A-L underscore S-T-A-T-E. Um Facebook, Twitter, <laughs> for now. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I am also on Blue Sky at um, Arl State at arlstate.gay. Uh, so you can find me on there. <laughs> um, and then, yep, Spotify, Apple Music. Uh, I also have a Patreon as well. Um, and that just like unlocks more, more music. Uh, currently, there's 15 tracks released. And then I think. My Patreon is 33 tracks, and then there's another 47 unreleased projects, nice. not including work in progress. So there's a lot. Awesome, awesome. Um, yeah, I, I do want to bring you back um, further down in time just to see the progress with music and, and yeah. the career and all that stuff. Because there's so many questions I can't even get to right now that right. I really want to get to. Right. Um, so, um, not to put you on the hook way before it even happened, but, you know, if you're available, you sure. know, you're interested in coming back. I would love that. Yeah. I'd love to come back. Um, I'll definitely be in the area <laughs> at oh some point. Yes. <laughs> um, and for everyone else out there for listening, uh, thank you so much for listening. You can also, I, I know I said I didn't have the commercial break, but you can support Sake on our Instagram, social medias. All that jazz. You can support me on my Patreon and all my Instagrams and TikToks and all that stuff. You know where to find me. And if you don't, you can Google me. Um, pretty easy. Anyways, thank you for being here so much. I appreciate you taking the time out here. Yeah, thanks thank for you. having me. And thank you for everyone listening. Y'all have a good night and day. <laughs> have a good one.